We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Are you ready for rapid fire? Let's get this thing going, baby. All right, let's do it. So, Michigan says it may leave the Big Ten as a result of the punishment against Jim Harbaugh and their program, the three-game suspension to end the season. Do you think the Irish and Wolverines should form their own conference going forward? Do you buy or sell that? I I sell this idea, um, and this is just – I'm going to be kind of simple about it. I don't want anything to do with Michigan. I, I I don't think Notre Dame should want to associate themselves with Michigan in any way uh, after everything that's going on. I, I think that Notre Dame has, you know, and not to sound tsunami, they've set a different standard than Michigan has had. And I don't think you need to allow, you know, people, this is, I mean, it's point blank. This is Michigan's second ongoing investigation this season of cheating scandals. I just don't think Notre Dame needs to be associated with anyone that uh, wants that kind of attention around their program. This is a sell for me as well. And I was hoping that that John Christophic, I was envisioning John, you know, as soon as we asked this question, being the first to <laughs> chime in with the sell. And he did not disappoint. I'm very glad. And I agree as well. Why do Michigan's work for them? You know, like. Yeah, like what has Michigan ever done for Notre Dame? Notre Dame yeah. would do all the legwork in that situation to basically regain right. the public's uh, image of, of Michigan. That's exactly right. Why help Michigan out and l- let them dig themselves out of this hole? Notre Dame doesn't need that. Let If Michigan is really serious, because as John said, you know, like, I don't think they're leaving the Big Ten. It's all it's, it's all, all led by Dave Portnoy. Yeah, that's exactly <laughs> and right. I think that's the funniest part is your program – is now run, or the face of your program is Dave Portnoy and Cheatin' Jim Harbaugh. Yeah, that's exactly right. And, you know, Michigan is so intent on being the martyrs in this whole situation. They (laughs) want to act like, you know, oh, you know, woe is us. Everyone's out to get us and this whole thing. I came up with the perfect analogy for this, by the way. Let Michigan find out what it's like to, to actually have to go their own if that's what they actually decide to do, because I don't think that they could cut it the way they think that they could cut it. You know, nope. like they've always considered themselves so above the fray, but you're not, you're not above the fray. You're, 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 you're out there rolling in the mud is what you are. 
So what's your analogy? So I was thinking about this today. What's going on with Michigan is like someone starting. So, so say you owned a house. It reminds me of someone who literally just like starts a, a fire in their own house, watches their house burn down, and then starts a GoFundMe account for <laughs> the repair costs to build help to me build their house help back me up. Me build my house and then yeah. cry about it and being like, oh my house, it's gone. When they're literally the person who set the house on fire. That is the the analogy I came up with earlier today. Yes, yes, and I and I brought a uh, a bonus quote that I found today from you know, and I know a lot of Notre Dame people are anti Paul Feinbaum, but Feinbaum has like been the one out there banging the drums. He's crunching them now. <laughs> he's like he's like he's like jab uppercut. You know, he's he's given Michigan the business, and he was on the Matt Berry show yesterday and here's a quote from paul feinbaum on michigan quote as somebody who deals with fan bases from primarily one conference but it branches out a little bit broader beyond that i've never come in contact with a fan base that's as insecure and is consumed (laughs) with their own self-worth in a false way there's no more sniveling fan base in america (laughs) than michigan either end quote paul feinbaum i mean like could anyone say it any better than that right there? I don't think so. I don't think so. And I think it's – I think it would be funny if – if uh, I think there's bigger issues coming than what Michigan realizes. I, I don't know how much you've been reading, but I, I've heard a lot of this is now getting tied to, to sports gambling as well. I think we're just on the edge of some deeper issues that Michigan is going to get into. And I guess if, if Michigan gets kicked out of the Big Ten – who would want that on their hands? You know, a team that potentially could have, and I'm not saying it's like SMU's death penalty or anything like that, but like who wants a who wants a team that's going to be basically so, you know, so damaged, right? It's like it's like sometimes uh, when it, when you get out of a bad relationship, who wants to date the person who's damaged? I feel like that's the same way with Michigan is who's going to want to take on that project of damaged goods? Who wants to help? lead the charge of restoring Michigan's public image. We're driven by the search for better, but when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. 
When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. And this, you know, from Andrew, the Michigan administrators are the most deplorable. All you have to do is check and see if Stallions expensed his travel and tickets to the games. If he did, they're guilty. You know, and that's going to be the question. Did they hide the money trail in all this? Because you know this guy wasn't just out there spending thousands of dollars. <laughs> they have tried to claim this plausible deniability bit. And, the, you know, that's what they're trying to blame this rogue you know, low well, it's level funny that they fired him and now he's not talking to anyone. So yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> because they've probably cut him another check to keep quiet. And as long as he keeps quiet, you know, there'll there'll be something for him in the end. But it's it's just they've they've tried to to blame stallions for everything. And and there's there's gonna be more that comes out because more keeps coming out of this every day. And I think it's hilarious and again they've tried to make themselves out to be they, they they haven't denied that they were doing any of this their whole defense is everybody else is doing it so there shouldn't be any reason we should have to suffer the consequences even though you would think that as long as this story has been out there by now if anyone else was doing anything even remotely similar to this buying tickets sending people recording signals from the stands during the game like we we would have heard about it by now but you haven't yeah you know because again it's one thing to steal signals but it's another thing to go to these depths to do it the way that Michigan was and apparently Jim Harbaugh is a big Judge Judy fan did you see the clip of Jim Harbaugh and his dad sitting in the Judge Judy audience have you seen that one <laughs> i just saw that it did see that it's just Levels, man. Levels. <laughs> so after Jimbo Fisher was fired at Texas A&M, do you feel differently about Notre Dame's season opener at College Station next year? I do feel differently. Um, I think it's more advantageous for Notre Dame because I think it just shows the overall um, lack of grounding or stability that the Texas A&M program has as a whole, like, I don't think Jimbo Fisher was doing a horrible job, but when you're getting, you know, SEC booster money, there's obviously a lot more expectations, but to just get rid of a guy with two games left and all of that money left, it shows that there's a lot of unrest from, from the, the highest position of power amongst, you know, Texas A&M football. And so anything that adds, you know, to, to, to again, the lack of stability for, for Notre Dame, I think is advantageous because now you're going to have a, a first year head. This is going to be whoever they decide to go with head coach is going to be their first game. You don't know if they're going to bring in a new offense, if they're going to bring in a new quarterback, like everything is in question now. And I think the yeah. more question marks, obviously the better for Notre Dame. Yeah. I mean, there's talent on the roster still right now, but I mean, yeah, Deion guys Sanders, will transfer now. Deion Sanders probably going to go try to raid that A&M <laughs> roster this off season. Yeah. That's exactly right. You're going to have transfers. You're going to have a new coach, a new system. The whole thing, everything is going to be different. So I absolutely feel differently about it. I was never, you know, look, 
again, the environment, it's going to be a good college football environment. It's going to be hot down there. because Yeah, I would be, say that that's going to add some probably excitement now for the fans as new head coach, opening game. That's yeah. when like you, you've completely gotten rid of what's happened last season. And the new expectation is we're the greatest team again. You know, I, there's, you, you turn the blinders to everything that's happened in the past and you're now just focused on the excitement of this upcoming season. So that might work against Notre Dame in some ways. Yeah. It, I, I will be really curious to see who they end up landing. You know, they're going to shell out a lot of money to try to, to get somebody down there, but look, it is a, it's a, it's a, it's a very large alumni base. It's a very rich alumni base, obviously based on the fact Oil that money. they were able to to raise that money for the for the payout. But uh, you know, Andrew is saying he disagrees. What if Urban is the coach? Urban's you know, not coaching in... anywhere. Well, we don't know that though. But I, I, I don't think that Urban even you know from like... from day one. Is, is going to put together something so formidable that, that like that that's going to be like oh I'm going to worry about that. Let's be let's be honest about the situation. I think there's two realistic ways that you you go about hiring. You go the route of basically a Jimbo Fisher again, you know, a big name. But what big name wants to come to Texas A&M after seeing what's happened to Sumlin and what's ever since they joined the SEC outside of one year with Johnny Manziel, Texas A&M hasn't been good in the SEC. And that was so my how point. How is that attractive not been, it, to a, to not a been top a program. level coach? Yeah, it's not been a program that's consistently won. There are a lot of resources and facilities there, but all those resources, facilities, uh, you know, they just hired a coach who had won a national championship at his last stop. What's it got him? It's, right. It's not a play. It's 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 a place that is has proven to be tough to win at. For a long time. Right. And then, then you go the potential route of like a Mike Elko or, you know, a really good, you know, coordinator that's kind of up and coming. But like, who is that? I don't think that's sexy enough to, to those boosters and those high payers, right? Like who wants to go out and, and pay this buyout to Jimbo and all this money just to turn around and pay Mike Elko? Right. right? Look, like, And so like, what are you going to do? Andrew is saying you read a report AM's willing to pay 15 million a year. I think they're going to land a big time coach. Jimbo Fisher was a big time coach. Again, he had won a national championship. That doesn't guarantee anything. Look at the recruiting class that he put together. They had a, the number one recruiting class last year. What did that get them? It got them absolutely nothing. So I think you're I just, looking at maybe like a Lane Kiffin, uh, I've heard Cliff Kingsbury's name floated around a little bit, but I don't think he wants to come back to football. And if you're coming back to football, who wants to step into the Texas A&M mess? Well, like, and why would you want Cliff Kingsbury even? You know, like no disrespect to Cliff Kingsbury, but he he didn't win it at Texas Tech. He was going to be the offensive coordinator, you know, in college. And then he gets hired as an NFL head coach. And, you know, he got to draft his guy. He got, you know, he drafted – Kyler Murray after they had just drafted Rosen the year before that, you know, again, like, what did that, what did that get anybody? So, you know, like you can, you can bring in a gimmicky offense and think that you're going to light up the scoreboard, but that guy hasn't shown that he can win. I thought a pretty funny thing was, is someone was like, it's going to come down to Nike money versus oil money. Who's going to, who's going to shell out the most referencing, uh, Manning over at um, Nike or sorry, Oregon right now, <laughs> Andrew, you make any comments like I was going to say that one to ban you 
from that one kind of scared me with that one i'm not gonna lie lance leopold with talent is scary you're absolutely right you're absolutely right you know and there were all these rumors about oh lance leopold is going to be the michigan state head coach i haven't seen any of that announced so i'm just i'm keeping my fingers crossed that he sticks around for at least a couple more years <laughs> leopold staying in the big 12 like with what he has done already with with Texas and Oklahoma to stay healthy with Texas and Oklahoma leaving the Big 12 is up for the taking i mean and it's going to be more entertaining with Dion coming in and the and you know the Arizona schools coming in and and Utah obviously coming in so you know like that'll at least up the degree of difficulty a little bit but the Big 12 is going to be up for the taking for the next few years with with Texas and Oklahoma leaving so like he might be able to go get more money someplace else but with all these super conferences i don't think it's going to be you know like if he if he were to take the michigan state job or even the texas a&m job it's not going to be easier to win in any of these bigger you know right conferences than than the chance he's going to have to win where he is right now even though it's not a traditional football school obviously and that was you know i saw the hot take from Stephen a this week about if I'm Deion Sanders, I'm going to Texas A&M. No, you're not. You have a, it, what, what, how does that benefit Deion Sanders? Because he's going to a place that has higher expectations. He can get just the same amount of recruits and the quality of recruits at Colorado. It doesn't. Deion Sanders is what brings the recruits, not the Texas A&M or the Colorado or you know what school you're at. And so when you're at a school that is all in on you, you don't have to worry about booster money. You don't have to worry about, you know, as high of expectations of Texas A&M and the SEC. I think Dion's a horrible fit there. And so, again, I just – and it goes into what you're saying is, you know, who wants to take on that kind of responsibility essentially at the end of the day when there's probably paths of less resistance elsewhere in the country? Yeah, I mean, look, Jimbo was still something like 20 games over 500 in his time at Texas A&M. Tommy, I, I honestly don't remember what I said on Thursday. Um, so if I said, I, I, I don't remember what I said. <laughs> I like I remember like wondering where you were. I think toward the end of the show or something like that. But <laughs> you were gone. But <sighs> I don't know. I don't know. So players are going to be allowed to play. Players are currently allowed to play in up to four games during the regular season and preserve their red shirt year of eligibility. Last year, you remember, going into the bowl games, the NCAA gave a bowl game exemption, meaning you could play in four regular season games plus a fifth game in the bowl and still keep the red shirt. That is still in effect this year. Do you buy or sell that? I buy the rule. I love the rule. I, I think, you know, if you're doing five of 13 games, that's under 50% of total season. Um, I think that would land, you know, somewhere in the 40s percent somewhere. I'm not sure the exact number, but that makes sense. You're not playing more than half the season. And I think it's a good a good way to get an idea of where, you know, some of those borderline players stand. Right. Like like uh, it, Marcus, it got brought up in Marcus Freeman's press conference. Right. Like Notre Dame got to a point where they had seen enough out of phase on where they needed to convert him into a guy or, or essentially burn kind of his red shirt year. Right. And so I think it gives a fair evaluation of where your players are at and it allows you to do kind of probably what's best for the player at the same time. Do you preserve a year or do you feel like their talents are enough to get them on the field now and kind of ex expedite their football career a little bit? 
Yeah, I completely agree. I think it's great. I, I, I think the reason they're doing this is because of like players, you're, you're seeing more players opt out of bowl games every year. And you're also seeing transfer right. portal. Like look at Notre Dame last year. You had Drew Pine decide he was entering the transfer portal and was going to leave right away. And then you had Michael Mayer as well as uh, Isaiah Foskey opt out of the bowl game. So you had three prominent guys right there alone. So their, their thinking is, well, you, you know, you've got more guys who are going to miss the bowl game now. So you keep it to four during the regular season. Then you get in the fifth, you know, like last year, it would have been nice to know earlier so you could manage your roster and decide, well, you know, we can still play this guy for the fourth game and not have to save it for the bowl game and that kind of thing. Well, now, it's on the books. You get four games during the regular season, plus you get the bowl game. So I think it's great, you know, again, because you don't know what things are going to look like. You know, like as of right now, there's a question. Is Sam, you know, Notre Dame's bowl eligible? Is Sam Hartman going to play in a bowl or is he going to opt out? Who knows? You know, so I think that it's great going in and you look at player development and the whole thing and you get the extra game. I think it's going to be good for everybody. And I think it's going to be especially good that the rule is already on the books and everyone knows what the rule is so they can manage the rosters accordingly. Ah, Tommy. Yes. About the, the Marine Corps birthday, the Marine Corps birthday. Yes. I mean, you know, come on Do the Marine, you know, like, like, it's not enough that we have Veterans Day, the Marine Corps, you know, you have to like, oh, the Marine Corps birthday. Nobody else celebrates the birthday, but the Marine Corps does. Whatever. Happy Marine Corps birthday, though, Tommy. See, if you would have been here last year, you would have heard me say that. I'm pretty sure I did say that. Didn't I, Jesse? Didn't I say happy Marine Corps birthday? Are you frozen up? And <laughs> Jesse is gone. <laughs> stunned silence. So we'll have to wait and see if Jesse um, can manage to get back. You know, so like, you know, again, like Braylon James, for example, as of right now has played in three games. So Braylon James could play in one more game, one more regular season game, and then the bowl game as well, and still pre preserve the red shirt eligibility do you have some connection issue there yeah um hang on one second i'm going to leave this one i'll be back in like two seconds <laughs> all right <laughs> so what i would say oh there he is he's he's back on the other one now my home internet just dropped out of nowhere literally oh, wow. just dropped like I've never had that happen before. I like tried to switch browsers and it was like, you have no internet connection. I was like, what do you mean? I, I work like eight hours, nine hours a day in here and never have internet drops. So that was really weird. All right. Did you, let me ask you this. Uh, you're a bigger NBA fan than probably most of us. I know we've got, you know, here and there NBA fans. They're doing this in-season tournament this year. Michael Wilbon just like ripped the in-season tournament to shreds here recently. What do you think of the in-season? Maybe you could explain the in-season tournament. Do you like the in-season tournament? How they're doing this whole thing? Yeah, so um, again, for, for, for the listeners that care, because I know there's not a big 
capacity of NBA fans. This new in-season tournament is a long, a long complaint of the NBA is, you know, they play all these 82 games, but they're not playing defense, uh, you know, in game 20, like they're playing in game 80 or in the playoffs. Right. So how do we ratchet up the intensity um, of these games kind of earlier in the season? That's what the end game season is supposed to kind of, you know, solve the solution is to is create more meaningful games throughout the season. Um, and so what you do is it was, I can't remember the exact uh, over the last three, three or four years, your composite record was taken and you were paired in groupings of teams with similar records, right? Over the last three to four years. And you are now in pool play. Um, you play each of these teams like every Friday and Tuesday. So there's going to be in-season tournament games tonight. And they're a part of your regular season record, um, but they, or they count towards your regular season record. But again, you're in this group play and you only play them on Fridays and Tuesdays. Um, after you've played X amount of games, there's a winner from each pool. There's a wild card from each side. And then it's basically just like a tournament. You play each other and there's going to be a champion and the, the champion team gets cash incentive. I mean, that, that all sounds more complicated than I thought it was. They, you know, they've, they've got like special uniforms. They jazz up the court and all that kind of stuff. It, to me, it makes it sound interesting. You know, like it, 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 at least when you've got an 82 game schedule, I don't know, you know, it, it, it kind of jazzes it up. I'm not as fired up. Like Michael Wilbon wants to take everything back to the Michael Jordan era. You know, yeah, I was like, gonna say Michael Wilbon's just an uh, old like get off my lawn type of type of guy. I'm yeah. not surprised that he came out, you know, and I don't know what his specific points were. I'll just keep it after giving that, you know, uh, the the overview of the format. I think it's great. Out of the games I've watched, I've seen like the first time they did it, there's definitely more intensity the kind of going on because they're they're better they're games. games, right? Yeah, yeah like I, I think overall the quality of game has gone up in these games. And you're seeing stars play the entire game. You're seeing them taking it seriously. I, I just find it as a, a, like the NBA came up with a solution to a problem. And I think they've their solution is a valid solution to the problem. We've seen better games. And so if we're seeing better games and it means funky courts and, you know, funky jerseys, whatever. I'm a fan. I like it. I don't like yeah. to see the same stuff over and over again. Andrew says you don't need to watch the NBA till the playoffs. The playoffs are three months long. <laughs> true. Season itself. True. <laughs> but I think that's part of why the NBA is doing this, like to kind of add some different interest. Right. To, to keep you excited season. the whole way. Yeah. So after the Cubs hired Notre Dame alum Craig Council as their manager, the Brewers are going to hire his former <laughs> <laughs> Irish head coach and his former Milwaukee Brewers bench coach, Pat Murphy, to replace him. What do you think about that news? I was pretty shocked by that. Yeah, I uh, it was the first time you saw it when I sent you that tweet the other day. It was. It was. I And so I, I always love when, I, when I got up. I love finding things that you haven't found yet <laughs> and presenting them to you, especially something like this. Because, um, I mean, correct me if I'm wrong, but like Craig Council coached at Notre Dame. And then didn't Pat Murphy come from Arizona State to Notre Dame after he was on Craig Console's staff at Notre Dame? Can you give me – I know so, they were together at so, Notre Dame, right? So Pat Murphy became Notre Dame baseball coach at the end of the 80s and then into the 90s prior to the pulmonary era. Okay. And then Murphy – so Council played for Murphy ah, at Notre Dame there it in is. that stretch. And then Murphy leaves Notre Dame, becomes Arizona State, head baseball coach where he had a lot of success, but there were some, you know, like 
recruiting violations, some things <laughs> like that at the end of his Arizona State tenure that led to him being dismissed there. And then, you know, Council goes on to a Major League Baseball career, wins a World Series, wins a couple World Series, I believe, actually, and then ends up being the Milwaukee Brewers manager. He was from, or he is from, Wisconsin. So he was like a hometown boy going home. Murphy, because of the stuff that happened at Arizona State, was never able to get another college job. And so Council hires him as his bench coach. And he was his bench coach there for what, eight years or whatever. A long time. He was there in Milwaukee, real successful. And so now I kind of assumed that Murph was coming with counsel to the Chicago Cubs to continue (laughs) that role. But the Brewers decide, Hey, we're going to, we're going to, we're going to roll with Pat Murphy. Who's an interesting character and fairly, fairly intense guy, especially for major league baseball. So it's going to be, it's going to be really interesting. I think it comes full circle. And I think that the Brewers had to be butthurt in their final their final, like they were, I think they were really mad at Craig Consul for, for you know, I don't think they had a problem with him leaving. I think they had a, a problem with him leaving to the the organization that he decided to go to, and so it became, what can we do to get back at Craig Consul now? Do we take a coach away from him? What are we doing? And I think I honestly think that's a big factor for why, like, because you just said Pat Murphy is really not like MLB manager material. But I think it was solely well, to get back at great council. I mean, he wasn't when he became the bench coach, but he's obviously been around the majors for a while now because of Craig Council. So, I'll, you know, it'll be really interesting to see how that works out. You know, the bench coach is essentially the guy who is sort of the, you know, like he's he's like the hand, you know, like in in uh, in royalty turn, you know, like he's the hand of the king, basically. He's the guy <laughs> who's the, like giving counsel counsel. He's like, yeah, when he, he gets the guy uh, who's giving the advice on the strategy and those kind of things. When he gets when counsel gets ejected, Murphy's the next guy in. <laughs> right. Right. <laughs> and now Murphy is the guy. So you're going to have, you know, that rivalry is going to hit. And I think it's really interesting because. The Brewers' owner, Mark Atanasio, last week had this to say about Council leaving Milwaukee. Quote, we've lost Craig, but I've reflected on this. Craig has lost us and our community. (laughs) I just think that this is, it's just like, it's so upper management. It is so ownership of him. Like to try to, like, he could have discarded council at any moment, but but now council leaves him, and it's like, oh, we're stung, we're hurt, you know. He's like trying to make it like it's this family situation, when ownership, it's never about family. It's 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 about <laughs> the this. money, money. It's about the money. That's right. And and council left. He had a better opportunity. They weren't going to pay him what he wanted and he wanted to get out and get where the resources are a little bit better. And I think everybody's going to be better for it in the long run. I don't know if the brewers are going to be better for it. But I, I think, think <laughs> I think council and the Cubs are going to be better for it. I love that the Cubs, again, this reminds, I don't know if we were on the show. I think I was, I told this to Vince. This just reminds me so much of Renteria and David Ross. They had, they had Renteria kind of, you know, wear the face of some ugly years. They gather this pool of talent. And then they, once they had that talent, they're like, all right, let's bring in a little bit more experienced head coach 
AKA Craig Council, replacing David Ross. And now mm -hmm. let's take this thing to the next level. We got the pool of players we want. I'm assuming now they're going to get someone a big deal in the offseason with the money and adding Craig Council. And so when you combine that with a high level manager, and some would argue probably the best in game manager in all of baseball. And I think that was Ross's biggest deficiency last year was probably being one of the poorest in-game managers. I, I think you're going to – like he – Craig Council might add 10 wins alone to this team by being the manager this season. So I think I'm so. very excited about this. The way he managed that pitching staff, that bullpen in Milwaukee with much more limited resources. <laughs> He's going to have a lot more resources. You Bring know, up that stymie right comment. Now. Which one? Nobody loses Milwaukee. There's a reason it's called Wrigley and North. Yes, that's exactly <laughs> right. That's every time we've ever been to a game up there, you know, they were they were Cubs <laughs> Cubs Brewers games, and it was Wrigley North. And Andrew's saying it does come full circle. Major league manager position was dead two years ago. GM's essentially managing now managers back in vogue. And I and I think that both of these guys, like, I don't, you know, like. The Brewers front office might be giving Pat Murphy some uh, some some data, but Pat Murphy is going to largely do what Pat Murphy <laughs> wants to do. I think you can guarantee that. I have no doubt about that. And I think Craig Council is a very sharp guy. And again, like the way he ran things there in Milwaukee and moving him to where he does have more resources behind him, I, I think that uh, you're exactly right. He's going to be worth at least 10 wins next year. Why is Tommy Guns always coming at me, always telling me what I'm doing wrong? Why can't you tell me what I'm doing right? <laughs> By the way, our buddy who was talking about my crunching at the start of the show, I think, I think, like, I caught myself because I've got, you know, like the, uh, the crushed ice in my cup. I did catch myself before I started, you know, like chewing on a little ice cube every now and then during the show. So I think that's probably what he was referring to. So I apologize if like I never never thought about my, you know, because it wasn't like I was chewing a mouthful of ice. It was always, you know, like a little one. But that's probably what was coming through that he was talking about. I apologize if that's come through in the microphone. <laughs> now you're very self-conscious. Yeah, I'm going to have to get the bigger ice, ice cubes <laughs> so that I'm not so I'm not chewing on it. <laughs> TD4ND wants to know about uh, your engineering background, Jess. Um, I'm a civil engineer. Uh, that's not very, that's, that's a broad term. Uh, I say I, I mainly do like land development and hydrology design. You didn't say that with a whole lot of enthusiasm. Like, well, <laughs> it's not the most fun thing at times. <laughs> it's not as exciting as this. It's much more stressful than this, right? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> this is more, this is more open to your interpretation type stuff. Um, engineering is a lot of like, this there is an answer and we need to get to the answer and getting to the answer is is, is a little bit stressful at times. Tommy's inviting you to watch some state championship Ohio football. Um is Maslin in the championship? Are they like in the semifinals? Where are they right? I'm not I'm not I can't say I keep up with my uh Ohio state or high school football, but I got plans. I'm a Cavs season ticket holder, baby. I got two games this weekend to attend. Oh, okay. You're a season ticket holder? Uh, half like a partial ticket, package half okay. season ticket holder so about right. 20 games because there's about 40 40 home games and we're half of that so about you 20. and the guards and the cabs and just just a sports fan you know making it happen yeah I, I, more exposure gives me more to talk about more things to see more players to see 
all of the above. Absolutely. All right. Well, good stuff. Good whiteboard from you tonight. Enjoyed it as always. Thanks to everyone for being. It was a, turned out to be a little bit of a lively show here uh, tonight. So anytime Tommy starts mixing it up, we know it's we know it's going to come to life. Hit the like button on your way out. And of course, subscribe, rate, and review. And we will talk to you later on Ivy Nation Sports Talk. Everyone is talking about magnesium. It's all you hear about. But why? What do we know about magnesium? Well, magnesium is the number one mineral that 75% of Americans are deficient in. If you are a woman over 35, magnesium will help you rediscover balance, energy, and vitality. Magnesium supports more than 300 enzymatic reactions in your body, including those involved in hormonal balance. From functional medicine doctors to mental well-being and female hormone experts, we all know that magnesium is the one mineral to improve all aspects of well-being and health. But which one? Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers. The trusted choice recommended by leading experts with seven best-absorbed forms of magnesium to ensure your body receives the support it needs for overall well-being. Go to bioptimizers.com slash balance today and use code BALANCE10 for 10% off. Support your journey to wellness at B-I-O-P-T-I-M-I-Z-E-R-S dot com forward slash balance. Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers, your foundation to optimal health and vitality.